Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, provided by Living Stream Ministry, featuring the ministry of Witness Lee. Witness Lee was captured by the Lord Jesus as a young man of 19 in his native China. He consecrated his life to preach the gospel, and later labored side by side with Watchman Nee for parts of three decades, before eventually bringing this ministry to the West in 1962. He spent the next 35 years speaking to Christians in North America and all over the world before going to be with the Lord in 1997. The life study of the Bible is his most significant contribution to the heritage of biblical exposition, and we're delighted to be able to bring you short portions of his spoken ministry today. If you have questions or comments, or would like to find other Christians in your area enjoying this same ministry, just email us, radio at lsm.org. Again, that's radio at lsm.org. Here's today's program. Ministering to the House or to God Watchman Nee gave a message with this title once, and I hope that our listeners will stay with us today to grasp the depths that are contained in this thought. Are we too busy taking care of the church, God's house, that we aren't taking care of God? Or are we too busy taking care of God that we forget about caring for the church, his body? We're going to see in our program today from the book of Philippians chapter 2 that these two aspects of our experience and our service cannot be separated. And joining us for, I think, some delicate but needed fellowship, Brother Ron Kangas. Ron, glad to have you back today. And I'm happy to be back and to attempt to make a contribution in fellowship to a most precious portion in the book of Philippians. Ron, after Witness Lee went to be with the Lord in June of 1997 at the age of 91, a Christian television network did a 30-minute program interviewing some here from Living Stream Ministry. At the beginning of the interview, the president of the television network introduced this ministry. He commented on this ministry this way, saying that one paragraph can take nearly a week to digest. I think we're touching a meaty point today in Philippians chapter 2 that probably many of our believers and listeners aren't that familiar with. This is not a shallow ministry, is it? No, it's not a shallow ministry, and the main reason is that the New Covenant ministry, the New Testament ministry, is not shallow. Unfortunately, much of what purports to be Christian ministry today, being at odds with much of the content of the New Covenant ministry, is, alas, rather shallow. But under the Lord's sovereign arrangement and through his grace and by his blessing, Brother Watchman Nee and then following him, Brother Witness Lee, were led into the depths of the New Testament ministry through the revelation that's in the Word and through a very intense suffering. And the combination of the revelation and the suffering produced a deep, ministry with uh, incredible riches for the Lord's seekers. Uh, This is solid food, but it's not too much. It depends on our appetite and our heart and on the openness and exercise of our spirit. I think as we've been seeing in these uh, messages one by one that have been unfolding the book of Philippians for us, 
If we try to tackle this book doctrinally, it can be very difficult because it's obvious, I think, for those who've been following the past few weeks now, that this is a book where Paul is in the realm of experience, and it just doesn't seem to fit a very systematized theological examination. But rather, there is a genuine experience and an enjoyment of Christ, and it's unfolded dealing with practical matters and actual situations. In chapter 2, this section from verse 19 through 30, Paul indicates that the experience of Christ must include a concern for the churches and the saints. And we might have the concept that the experience of Christ is one thing, but the concern for the church is another. Our natural tendency is, in some ways, to separate these. We may think that because we're enjoying Christ, we just don't have time to care for the church. Or on the other side, we may think that because we're so busy caring for the church, we don't have time to take care of our enjoyment and experience of Christ. In the first portion of Witness Lee Speaking today, we're going to hear a balancing word from Philippians 2, verses 20 and 21. These verses say, For I have no one like-souled who will genuinely care for what concerns you. For all seek their own things, not the things of Christ Jesus. Here is Witness Lee, fellowshipping on Philippians 2, verses 20 and 21 with a special emphasis on genuinely caring for the things of Christ. Here, in these two verses, you have a strong hint that even now, that Apostle Paul's concern for the believers was the real experience of Christ. His concern for the believers was his concern for Christ. Such a concern was the concern for the things of Christ. The things of Christ here must be firstly the churches with all the saints. If you're seeking after Christ doesn't concern the churches with the saints, you have to realize your seeking is abnormal. Today, where could you meet or where could you find some real secrets of Christ and their seeking after Christ is for the concern of the churches with all the saints. I like this book in this very point. That is, this book tells us the real experience and enjoyment of Christ in real situations, in practical matters. Uh, Sometimes we may think to experience Christ and enjoy Christ is one thing. To be concerned for the church is another thing. In our concept, I don't think many among us would uh, consider that to experience Christ and to enjoy Christ is to take care of the church. And to take care of the church is to enjoy and experience Christ. I don't think many among us would think this way. We would uh, always put these two things separate. I am enjoying Christ. I don't have the time to take care of the church. Or, oh, I'm too busy in taking care of the church, so sorry. Oh, about two minutes, I had no time to uh, enjoy Christ. The experience of Christ is for 
his body. The experience of Christ is for the real concern of all the saints. Paul was experiencing Christ so much, so a kind of concern for the churches came out of him. The real concern of the church always comes out of our experience of Christ. Well, Ron, how should the genuine experience of Christ incorporate a balance between our care for the Lord and our care for the church and his saints? Let's first uh, try to identify what the balance is. The balance is between one's personal experience and enjoyment of Christ and caring for the things of Christ, which things, according to the context of that utterance in Philippians 2, must specifically refer to the churches and the saints. How should there be this balance? The balance comes when we realize two crucial things experientially. One, we realize that God's goal is to build up the organic body of Christ through our experience of the riches of Christ. So the body is the goal of God's operation, and the body should be the goal of our experience and enjoyment of Christ. The second realization we need to have is that we are not isolated individuals. If we merely think of ourselves as believers or as children of God, we may gravitate toward an individualistic view of ourselves as believers or children. But we also need to see that we are members of the body of Christ. If we realize that we are members, then immediately we will further realize that our experience as members is in the body, through the body, and for the body. So yes, as members, we have particular individual experiences of Christ. But if we then do not care for these experiences in relation to the body, we are abnormal, forgetting that God's goal is the body, or perhaps not even knowing it, or forgetting that we are members of the body, or perhaps not even knowing that also. The criterion is the body. Spirituality is a body matter. The real and full experience and enjoyment of Christ are body matters. The things of Christ Jesus are the things that concern him, the churches as the expression of the body, the believers as the members of the body. If we do not care for the things the Lord cares about, how can we have a normal experience of Christ? So the more we care for the Lord's things, the more normal our experience will be. The more normal our experience of Christ is, the more we will care for the body of Christ. These two go hand in hand, and when they do, we have a balanced and normal experience and enjoyment of Christ in the body and for the body. Ron, we come to another phrase that we read in verse 20, and this is maybe our second main point today. Let me go back and review this verse very quickly. It says, For I have no one like-souled, is how the recovery version renders this, who will genuinely care for what concerns you. This matter of like-souled, we're going to see, is a very significant portion. 
in Paul's writing here. And as the well-worn but nonetheless valid sentiment expresses, a picture is surely worth a thousand words. And Witness Lee is going to give us a picture of his experience in mainland China with the elders in the 1930s. Let's join him. In this book, the experience of Christ is the key point. And the secret in this book for us to experience Christ is the matter to be one in soul or to be joined in soul. According to this book, if we are only one in spirit, yet not joined in our soul, we are through with the experience of Christ. In this portion of the word, with Timothy, the strongest hint is this, like sword. Like sword, to my registration and knowledge, is only used in the whole Bible here once. We all have to learn how to experience Christ not only in our spirit, but also in the oneness in our soul. You have to realize to experience Christ in your spirit, mainly that is for yourself. Yet, we have to know our individual experience of Christ must turn out to a concern for the churches. Let me give you real cases to illustrate to you. In 1936-37, I was stationed in uh, North Chan, in that big port, Tianxin. Nearly every two months, I had to go from Tianxin, where my family, my home was, and go to uh, Peking just to do reconciling work. There were about uh, 80 saints with five leaders, five elders. Everyone was a wonderful brother, all the five. Everyone loved the Lord. Everyone was very smart. And everyone was very honest. Five of them there. They all, in a sense, experienced the Lord in their spirit. But they all had different concerns for the church. So whenever they came as a kind elders meeting, they fought. They fought. They fought not for the worldly things. They fought for the church. Number one felt that the church should go this way. And number two felt the church should go the second way. And the third, the third way, the fourth, the fourth way, and the fifth, the fifth way. And my burden was not to minister Christ to them, but to go to them to smooth the situation, to get their different concerns all reconciled. That was a hard job. But I did it. I did it. Every time I did it. But that was only good for less than two months. So after a while, I have to go back to do the same thing again. After I stayed there for three or four days, they all became excited. They really were joyousing one with another. But after I left, six, seven weeks, the same sad story repeated. I saw a real case there. They all loved the Lord. They all experienced Christ in their spirit. Yet, 
they could not be one in their soul. And they were not one in the soul. Paul had a number of co-workers with him. But he said he had no one like soul with him. But only this one, Timothy, only he was like soul. Concerning the churches, only this one was in the same soul as Paul was. Ron, on the negative side, they experienced Christ in their spirit, but they could not be one in their soul. On the positive side, we see Timothy, who was one soul with the Apostle Paul. This is a practical word, Ron, to help us genuinely care for the believers in the things of Christ. I know that you can relate to this experience. I can, however, not with a great amount of success, (laughs) but with a lot of learning, most of which comes through you know, just falling short, but also being enlightened and being humbled and learning through experience. But it surely is the case, I can testify, that if we harbor, even um, nurture differences in soul regarding the Lord's work or the care of the church, it, first of all, of course, undermines our practical one accord, and then it severely limits our experience of Christ. We may hold on to the difference, but the real joy is gone. The experience of Christ very much diminishes. But when by the Lord's mercy and grace, I'm willing to be adjusted in my soul through the cross applied by the Spirit and value one accord more than my particular feeling or view about something, then there is a very particular corporate enjoyment of Christ with others who are like-souled. And what I've experienced, I've observed in others in a very concrete way with our brother Lee taking the lead in the ministry, a follower of the Apostle Paul, brothers that have been like-souled with our brother, have been brought into a very rich and corporate experience of Christ. Others, you know, who had the oneness of the Spirit who loved the Lord very much, but had their strong and peculiar concepts on how the work should be done. They were not like-souled, and therefore there is some degree of loss of the enjoyment of Christ, and then there's a gap in caring for the body of Christ. I speak in principle here, not with Brother A or Sister B in view. The main one in view is me and my need to learn in the Lord to enter into this verse consistently and deeply for uh, the Lord's interests. There are actually two crucial points that we want to explore today. We've just looked at this matter of being like-souled. There's another matter in verses 29 and 30, chapter 2. It says, Receive him therefore in the Lord with all joy and hold such in honor, because for the work of Christ he drew near unto death, risking his life that he might fill up your lack of service toward me. Let's join Witness Lee for our final portion today. Risking his life means what? Means risking his soul. This simply means he would sacrifice his soul for the churches and for the saints. This sacrifice of the soul, or risking the soul, is clearly revealed by the Lord Jesus in John 10 concerning himself. He said he was the good shepherd. And he was willing to give up 
his soul in order that we may receive his doing. That means he liked to sacrifice his soulish life that we may receive his eternal life. Here you could see two points concerning the soul. Number one, for our real genuine concern of the churches, we must be one in our soul. And number two, we must sacrifice our soul. We must risk our soulish life. We must sacrifice. I would just go along with my dear co-workers. Timothy was a like soul person, you see, and Epaphroditus was a soul risking person. To risk your soul means to sacrifice your soul. We all have to get our soul ready to pay the price for the church. As long as we love the Lord and we love the church, we must Number one, experience the Lord in our spirit. And number two, we must be like soul in the experience of Christ for the concern of the churches. And we also must be ready and willing to raise our soul, to sacrifice our soul. Well, Ron, we're given two names here in the divine record. Timothy, who is like souled and the brother Epaphroditus, who risked his soul. And as we mentioned, both are recorded in the divine record. These must be significant experiences. The Bible does not uh, waste words. It's sovereign of the Lord that Paul referred to these two brothers in regard to the soul. The book of Philippians deals quite much with the soul in relation to the experience of Christ and the oneness in the church. So here we have two things that go together. First is being like-souled, being willing for the Lord to operate in us and on us so that in our thinking, our opinions, in our viewpoints, in our feeling, in our attitude, in our intention, in our decision, we are the same as others. Then we can carry out the work together in harmony. But in order to be like-souled, we have to be willing to risk our soul. Uh, Some, even co-workers, even some quite powerful, famous preachers, it's said of them, don't touch him, don't cross him. Why is that? Well, there's not the attitude of exposing your soul, risking, sacrificing, letting your view be touched and adjusted, even rejected by others not being afraid to have your feelings hurt, not hiding in a cave, but having the attitude of just sacrificing yourself, risking the life of your soul, being willing to suffer in your soul, if need be, in order to be like-souled so that the Lord, in a way that's unhindered, can flow out among us and through us to carry out his economy. This is exceedingly practical. Understanding this is not the same as having this experientially. Whether or not the Lord can have a way to accomplish what is in his heart for his body will be determined very much by the extent to which we who serve him because we love him are willing in him to become like-souled with others. 
and for this to risk our soul. Time will tell again who among the Lord's people will be one in this way and risk their soul life in this way for the heart's desire of God. Well, as you just pointed out, Ron, surely these points are not ones that just in reading or even in hearing we lay hold of. But nonetheless, we are grateful to the Lord for such a ministry that faithfully points the way and gives the Lord opportunity to bring light into our own situation that we could be brought on step by step and day by day into this realm of the experience of the genuine Christ. It's good fellowship. Thank you. Thank the Lord. We invite you to join us again as we continue on this magnificent journey into the depths of the genuine experience and enjoyment of our dear Lord Jesus. We invite you to call us as well. Our toll-free number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. For Ron Kangas today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you again for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee spent seven decades in the 20th century speaking Christ, first in Asia and then North America, eventually all over the world. The culmination of those 70 years of ministry was his Life Study of the Bible, an exhaustive exposition of the entire scriptures. This unique commentary focuses on how Christ can be life to man in an experiential and practical way. These programs encapsulate Witnessly speaking in just 26 minutes. But to get the complete riches, visit lifestudy.com. From there, you can read all of the Life Study messages in their entirety or download any of our more than 1,700 audio programs at no cost. Again, that website is lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening.